hello and welcome back to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. I'm so glad you're here and we have big news about this episode is the double whammy and it's not with two guests on this specific podcast episode, but it's going to be two back to back on the same topic from different points of view. So if you're new to this podcast is where we talk about communication and how to get other people to do what you want them to do. At the end of the day, that's exactly what we teach. And our sponsor is The Practical Guide to Effective Communication, a book written by yours truly, and it's available on Amazon. It's got so many great chapters. So good. Chapter 11, if you're kind of advanced, just get the digital version. I think 10 bucks, nine bucks. And read chapter 11, and that will give you a $100,000 point of view as far as how to get more recognition for the value that you're already adding at work. But if you don't want to buy the book, there's something else you can do because you're on the receiving end of profound, life-changing wisdom that is shared on this podcast. But please leave us a review. I keep forgetting to ask you for that, but that makes a big difference in those algorithms. So leave us a review or go by the Practical Guide to Effective Communication. If you're the organized type, you can go on and buy them for Christmas presents. Would be good. Or if anybody's starting a new job, looking for a job, give them the book. It will help them. I promise because it really works on the way you think about communication, which is the most important aspect of it. So this is the deal. You know, usually we're talking about strategies and ways to talk to people. And today and in the next episode, we're going to talk about how to dress. And it's a topic I've covered once before. It was very well received. Lots of people, now that we're back to work, and that push will continue. Companies want people back to work. And even if you're not going back to work, you're still seeing people at events, networking, conferences, and you want to give a really good impression. Clothes speak about you before you open your mouth. But here's the deal. Today, we are going to listen to Angela Foster, who specializes in petite women, high performers, of course. And that's where our audiences overlap. We're all about highly conscientious high performers. But if you're a guy and you don't really care about how women should dress, Skip this episode and go to the very next one, which is all for men. It's about dressing well as a man. Angela's PR person, you know, said, oh, you've got to have her on. She is amazing. And I said, I will only do that if you bring me equity. I want professional styling equity on this podcast. So we have one edition for women and another one for men. Of course, if you are married or have a significant other, you may want to listen to get some tips for your partner or husband or wife. But that's that's what's going down today in this episode. It's about dressing for high achieving women. And we're going to talk to a guy named Dwayne in the next episode about dressing for men. So Angela Foster is our special guest today. She is a petite style coach to high performing women. She helps them put together wardrobes that they're excited to wear and make an impact. And because whether you realize it or not, being smaller, it can be perceived as a disadvantage. But you can also take that same 
small stature and turn it into an asset. And that's what we're about. We're about turning things that we can't change into assets. So Angela, welcome to this podcast show. Speak up with Laura Camacho. We're very happy to have you. It's such a great refresher for our very highly conscientious brainiac, super smart, very good looking audience. We're not going to talk about talking. We're going to talk about looking fantastic, especially for women. So welcome to the show and everybody listening. Angela Foster is coming from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and she has lived in Jacksonville, which is near where one of my daughters lives. And by the time this comes out, my daughter who lives in Florida is going to have a baby boy named Henry. So that will be congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. So tell us, how the heck does (laughs) one become a style coach to high achieving women? And before you answer, just want to say one thing to the audience. It's a pity It is a pity that we are not video recording this because Angela's background is, (laughs) I just, I'm just drooling with envy. It is so attractive. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes. So thank you for having me. I have to say I'm a huge fan and also congratulations on being number three ranked in the communication space. That is humongous. I mean, I listen to your show, so I know how great it is, but that's quite an accomplishment. So I'm thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm honored to be here. So I was actually an executive for various fashion and beauty retailers and manufacturers for 20 years and had a great job, loved it, would have probably still have been there. However, one of my coworkers had just had her second baby. Her husband had just left her. And so she was going through a lot of self-doubt and self-esteem issues and things like that. And she made a comment to me about how she didn't even recognize her body and she didn't feel like herself anymore. And would I help her put together outfits that would make her feel better? She's like, you always look amazing. Can you just show me? So I was like, of course, anything I can do to help. So we worked together for probably four to six weeks. And at the end of it, just seeing the difference in her confidence, how she felt about herself, how she was showing up. It was the most magical thing I had ever experienced in my life. And I was like, if I could just do this all the time, that would be amazing. So long story short, she referred me to some of her friends and it just kind of snowballed from there. So that is so cool. And it definitely resonates with me that idea of if you feel confident about yourself, I'm always telling clients, it starts with you. You cannot wait for that outside validation, but what you wear can transform. And if if you feel confident in yourself, then all the speaking techniques don't matter because you're going to sound so confident anyway. Would you agree? A hundred percent, Laura. And the thing about it is, is that the way I look at it is like what I do comes right before what you do right? Like they show up in the room and they feel confident and then you share with them how to communicate that message confidently. So it just all ties in together like that. So yeah. It does. Well, I know that we have a lot of young women in our audience who may be on mat leave or coming back from maternity leave. So do you have some ideas without seeing them how to think about what to wear when they come back to work? Because they might not fit into their pre-pregnancy clothes. And I've coached them, you've coached them. It's a little nerve wracking when you go back to work. 
after being sleep deprived for a while. (laughs) Absolutely. I think the thing that as women that we just have to realize and accept is that our body is going to change. It changes when we go through puberty. It changes when we get pregnant. After we have the baby, we go through menopause. All of those things, our bodies change. And sometimes women spend so much time fighting it or having negative mind chatter about how their body has changed when if we can change that and say, you know what? I just had a baby. My body is different. It's not always going to be like this, but let me learn how to dress for the shape that I have now. And then when it returns to normal, it doesn't return to normal, whatever, I can deal with it then. So learning how to dress for the body shape that you have today is critical. And the thing about it is, is that when you know the styles that are going to flatter the body shape you have now, then you look better, you feel better. And all of a sudden, the extra five pounds or whatever, it doesn't feel that much, right? Because you still look amazing. But I think one of the things is, is that we just sit there and we're like, I can't believe I can't lose this weight. Well, it's not coming off, all of that stuff. We spend so much energy in that spot instead of just saying, you know what? It is what it is. I just burst a new human being. For goodness sakes, give myself a break, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's a job that is your legacy. Doesn't matter where you're working. So everybody listening, so true what Angela's saying, that you're just wasting that fine brain you have if you're obsessing over a few extra pounds. I don't even think people notice. I mean, yes, your skirt might be a little bit tighter. Wear another skirt, you know, or pants or then things are so relaxed. Yes. The whole thing, it's a number on a scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only person who cares about it is you and how much you let it bother you and maybe your doctor. But <laughs> I mean, that's the only one. It's just, it's just a number. So I think the more we beat ourselves up about it, the harder it is to lose that weight. Okay. So to sum up, your work is like helping women arrange their wardrobe so that they can easily decide what to wear and to feel confident and then just forget about it, right? That just like clothes are not an issue. Laura, that is the ideal right there. If you can get dressed in the morning and then not think about what you have on because you know it looks great and it's comfortable and it's appropriate for the situation, and then you can focus all your brain power on what really matters, making your goals, that would be the ultimate goal. For my clients and I, we work through a five-step process. And the very first step in that process is knowing how to dress for your body shape. And while my VIP clients, I do shop for them and supply them with wardrobes and things like that. For anybody who goes through the VIP session, I want them to know how to go shopping, right? I want them to be able to walk through the mall or go online and say, nope, that style is not good for me. Let's just move on. And be able to recognize the ones that are going to be comfortable, are going to be flattering and that type of thing. When you know the reason why something's not going to look good, it makes it so easy just to walk away and be okay with it, especially with trends and stuff. I mean, you'll see a new trend and you'll be like, oh, yeah, it's cute. And if I was 100 pounds and six feet tall, it would look amazing on me. I'm not, (laughs) so you need to move on. Right. That's how I feel about ruffles. Like on a, you know, six foot tall, 110 pound woman, they may look good and they look cute on some people, but I just feel... I have a little ruffle on the shirt collar here, but that's it. I mean, no ruffles yes. on the skirt. They just ruffles <laughs> don't. They look cute on other people. And so how do we know 
if we should upgrade our style or not. Because this will be coming out when we were beginning to think about fall wardrobes for 2023. So let's think about what we would want to do to refresh our wardrobe for the fall. And then if you wait till it's cold, all the good clothes will be gone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. The one thing I try to express to all of my clients is you have to start before you think you should, right? Your point, don't wait till January to buy a coat because it's too late then. The more we plan ahead, the better buying decisions we make and the less panic shopping that happens. Right. Which is probably not going to be your best buys. Right. No, 100%. So in regards to when you need a wardrobe refresh, what you want to look at is here's my closet. What fits me? What do I feel great in? And where are the missing pieces? A lot of times what happens is that women don't have enough basics. It depends on the work environment that they're in. But do we have enough neutral basics that we can go in there when we're in a hurry, grab a couple things, be able to mix and match them together and be able to leave the house and feel confident? A lot of times what happens is because we do that shopping, we're like, oh, I have a networking event or I have a big meeting with my boss. And so then we'll go buy one outfit for that. And then we come back and we have like bits and pieces of stuff. And we're like, I still don't have anything to wear. And I just spent $300. Right. That's me. Exactly. <laughs> I buy according to speaking engagements or networking events, you know, and working from home. And a lot of people are working from home. So also after you finish telling us about shopping for the fall or finding out the pieces that are missing, they want you to go into Zoom. But how would we know if we have enough pieces? Right. And I think it's actually connected the whole virtual Zoom and Mm -hmm. what we have already, right? Because it used to be before the pandemic and everything, we'd have like a work section of our closet and we could go there and it'd be everything that was appropriate for the office. But now we have Zoom, we have in-person meetings, we have other, you know, depending upon what our visibility strategies are and that type of thing, we might have speaking engagements and all sorts of stuff. So it's almost like instead of looking at our work wardrobe as one big bucket, we need to split it up into however many buckets we have. So if we have a virtual bucket and we have an in-person bucket and whatever else, and then that way it makes it so much more easy to manage. So say you're working virtually two days a week. Well, you don't need a ton of clothes, right? And to be quite honest, you really only need something from the waist or the bust up. Right. Right, right. I teach a branding workshop for businesses. And to your point, anything like clean lines, don't have a lot going on. I mean, don't have old glasses, big earrings, big necklace, big ring, like give them one thing to focus on so that they don't get distracted from your message, whatever it is that you're trying to get across. So keep it clean. But it's funny that you had mentioned my backdrop because we talk about backdrops with my clients a lot is your backdrop on brand and is it reinforcing either your personal or your business brand? Right. And is that one that MIC is not, is it virtual? It's for real. Yes. I thought so because when the virtual background, sometimes when you move, it does funny things. Oh my gosh. Yes. It cuts off your hair, half your face. No, it's yes. Right. There was actually a thing and I can't remember where I read it or heard it, but something about when you have those virtual backgrounds, it breaks trust with people. Because it's subliminally like, oh, I'm hiding something. So, yes, that messy pile of papers back there is actually for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're using a virtual background, you should think about that. 
whether it might be wise to invest in your backdrop. Angela, what mistakes do women make with dressing? We mentioned the shopping mistake of just right. shopping by occasion, right. which is what I do, and I'm going to stop doing it. But what are the mistakes that we make in not looking our best? So it's something that I always refer to as follow the leader. Say, for example, you're starting a new position with a new company, and you don't know these people. I mean, you interview, but you don't really know the environment. Mirror whoever has a similar position to you. Mirror what they have on. And until you find your footing, until you can figure out how bold can I be or how rebellious or whatever, follow that safe person. When you want to get promoted, you need to follow literally your leader. Like, you know, right. whatever position that you're shooting for, look and see how they dress. And if they wear a for suit, her. then you wear a suit. There was a study, and I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was we instantly feel more connected to people who are like us. So when you're trying to develop a relationship or deepen a relationship with somebody who's in a potential position of power that you could that could promote you, you want them to feel connected to you. So follow the leader is always a good thing. It's a good rule. I hate to say rule, but it's a good thought too. Even when you're going to a speaking engagement or if you're going to a charity event or any kind of networking, you know, look back on social media and see what everybody else is wearing there so that you feel comfortable and confident when you walk in the room because you're not super overdressed or underdressed or anything like that. Okay. What do you think about having a signature look? I've heard about that, but I don't really know that. So what does that mean? Oh my gosh. Especially when it comes to when you're at the point in your career where you want to really build your personal brand or you really are the face of your company. Having a signature is so incredibly important. So let's think about this. None of us are the only person in our field. I'm not the only style coach. You're not the only speaking coach. That It's incredibly noisy out there and the competition is ferocious. So if you show up and you have, I always think of Mel Robbins and her big, bold black glasses. I mean, you can see her and you see this and you know exactly who it is. But she has done a beautiful job being consistent and reinforcing it every time she's in person, on video, on TV, everything. When you can pick that one signature and then you become famous for it, and eventually you'll also become synonymous with it as Laura, she's a speaking coach. And then that perception is, I tie those two together so closely, she's got to be the best. When I hire a coach, I want the best. Okay, so what should we think about if somebody is, say, a director at Google or LinkedIn or a bank, and they're thinking, well, I think I would like to develop my own signature look. How would you guide them along that process? We like to start with a brand thesaurus, meaning if you're the face of your company, what are three words that would describe your brand? Or if it's your personal brand, what are three words that I would want people to associate with me. And I always encourage my clients to get as specific as possible. This is where a brain dump gets really helpful because the first word you come up with is, you know, like capable, which... Right, right. <laughs> I want to be helpful. <laughs> right. right. So to pick your three brand words, we translate that into a personal style. So say somebody is a graphic designer and they want to be artsy and creative and innovative or outside the box thinker or something like that, 
they're going to dress very, very different than an accountant who's interviewing for CFO positions who want to be trustworthy and honest. So those words, they really help steer you in the right direction when it comes to representing your personal brand or your business brand. Oh, that is so interesting. I just find this fascinating. And I'm thinking for our people listening, what do we need to do as far as having a good Zoom presence, especially for a job interview? Such a great question. Lighting is essential. Even though, to your point, we've been on Zoom for years now, it's still surprising how the lighting is still wonky. So making sure that we really have great lighting, depending upon how much time my clients spend on Zoom, investing in a good camera, not the one that comes with your laptop or your desktop or whatever, is so important. And then also, if you're only going to see me from the bust up, how can I keep it clean, neat, so that you're not being distracted by anything else going on? And make sure your background doesn't have dirty laundry in it. We can say that, <laughs> right? That's a good place to start, yes. No, no, no. I have coached people in these kitchens that are overflowing with dirty dishes. And I, as their coach, who is being paid, I'm distracted. So right? I'm like, no, that's so true. It was probably right after the pandemic started. <laughs> I had hired this coach, and I can't remember now, but it was like $1,800, $2,000 for the VIP session. And she showed up with no makeup and workout clothes on. And she was like, oh, you know, sorry, I just got back from the gym. The session turned out amazing and she was uh-huh. brilliant. And it was, at- however, if it hadn't been me or if the mood had been different or whatever, that could have really set a bad tone for the entire interaction, right? I think when you put in an effort, when you show up virtually, doing your hair, doing your makeup, just showing that. I mean, that's just a kindness to whoever's on the other end of the Zoom with you, whether it's a coworker or an interviewer or whoever it is, just showing that I cared enough just to show up and bring my best. I think that is probably one of the things that makes women stand out the most. So few people make an effort that when you are one of the people who does, you really become memorable. Oh my gosh, everybody, you should be taking notes. I am taking notes (laughs) with my purple pen. First of all, I mean, that was so loaded, just so much transformational, life-changing wisdom here. How is this free? I don't know. (laughs) Because Angela is very kind to be sharing with you all this. But it's a kindness to your audience. I just spent 30 minutes this morning with a woman who thinks that people judge her. We all know that people don't judge her. But as but once we flip the switch to, it's not about you, it's about your audience. And the same thing I hadn't thought about it, the dressing, it's not for you, even though you want to feel good in it, but it is something you do for your audience because it's going to raise the energy. They're going to feel more valued because, hey, Angela looks amazing. Clearly, she cares about the image that she gives and then takes good care of herself. I'm already thinking that's already putting as far as first impressions, putting you ahead of the game. Why not? A hundred percent. So there's two things. You're probably really familiar with the study, but it's called Enclosed Cognition. And two scientists from Northwestern University did a study. The bottom line was, is they wanted to see the effect of how the way we dress has on ourselves, our attitude, 
and on how other people respond to us. Nobody needs a scientist to tell us that when we look good, we feel better, right? But the stats that they had, women who are well-groomed and well-dressed make, it's either 12 or 14% more money than their counterparts with a similar title. They also get hired faster. They get promoted faster. When they are a team lead, they're more respected. Their team perceives them to be more capable and smarter. So all of this goodness happens. Uh uh Yes. Exactly. But I'm imagining the pushback from our California listeners who all work in tech. Everybody wears T-shirts. What are you going to say to them, Angela? Absolutely. And that's completely fine. Every business environment is completely different, right? Somebody who, to your point, lives in Portland or Silicon Valley or something is going to look very, very different than somebody who works in Manhattan in, you know, whatever. So it's okay. You just have to, it goes back to follow the leader, right? Who are you? What position are you aspiring for? Just step it up a little. You don't have to come wear a tuxedo, right? (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to wear a ball gown. Right. Yes, because there is that whole point of you want to show that you're part of the team and you're supportive and you're all on the same page and all of that. But when you step it up just a little, so not to kill you with another fun fact or whatever, but they called it the red shoe challenge. No, or red tennis shoe. Anyways, it was something like that. And they had, speaking of tuxedos, they had 10 guys and they all had on identical black tuxedos. They all had on a black tie, except for one guy who had on a red bow tie. Okay. And when they polled the people looking at this group of guys, the people being polled said, the one with the red tie is the boss. He's the leader. Oh he's my a, God. Isn't that interesting? So besides for the tie, there was no difference, but that one little tweak, that one little up level, all of a sudden made the perception of him as all of the good stuff that we always want to talk about. So in answer, that was a long story to get mm-hmm. back to no, no, four no, people in California, one. but one small tweak can make a big, big difference when you're looking to up level your career and you're feeling confident when you want to speak out in a meeting or whatever. Exactly. I think, well, the suggestion I've been giving people when... They don't come to me for dressing advice, but I remember this guy in a torn, dirty t-shirt wanting to talk to me about executive presence. And I'm just like befuddled, we'll say. (laughs) So I suggested in that case, and a few other times, wear a shirt with a collar, like a golf shirt, a polo shirt. To me, that's just as comfortable, I think, as a t-shirt, but it looks a little bit more put together. Would you agree? In fact, couldn't agree more he's talking about executive presence. And if you and I were looking at him and looking at promoting him or something, I'm like, you can't even be bothered to like clean it up a little bit. How much are you going to, how much effort, how much work are you going to put in? Should I actually give you the opportunity? I know you said people don't judge and I don't think that most judge consciously. However, a lot of subconscious talk happens when we see other people's appearance. Especially if it's a high stakes situation where you are being judged on this job interview or making this key presentation. I mean, and you have to have the confidence and I think you will have more confidence if you know that you're looking a little bit better than everybody you're looking at or as you normally dress, made an effort, right? Absolutely, especially when you have big goals, big dreams, big aspirations that you're wanting to accomplish. Uh 
this comes up a lot with my clients. They'll be like, oh, I'm holding on to these clothes that don't fit or whatever. And I said, how do you, when you go into the closet in the morning and you look at all these clothes that don't fit or too tight or old or what, how does that make you feel? And how much negative mind chatter happens before you find something that actually does fit and does look great and you are enjoying wearing and then you want to walk out the house? So it's hard for anybody to say, oh, well, I'm too fat to fit that. That doesn't work. Blah, blah, blah. All of that negative mind chatter, it's hard to brush that off and then leave the house and feel like you're ready to crush your goals. I don't know anybody that can do it, honestly. So No, no, no. It's so true. And you just brought back flashbacks of that feeling of just, oh, I hate this. I look terrible, even though I probably did it. But still, just getting rid of that feeling. Here's a fun it's not a study, but a story from when I did teach public speaking at College of Charleston. This girl told me, you know, everybody had to tell a story about themselves. And this one stuck with me about the self-image. So as a, say, first grader for Christmas, she got, I don't know if it's still out there, a Barbie that you could pull the hair out. A Barbie bust. It wasn't the oh, whole yes. Barbie. Yes, the hair growth. Yeah. The hair growth thing. Yes. And so... So she was super excited. And of course, by day two, the Barbie bust was bald. And she <laughs> took the scissors to her own hair and that just did some kind of wacko haircut. But the young girl thought she looked amazing. So she goes to school the next day. Her mom is horrified and people are just gaping at her. And she's interpreting that as astonishment, awe. Like they are just so impressed and she did not want to change the haircut, but her mom made her. But isn't that wild? Laura, that is one of the best stories I've ever heard. There's so much goodness there. And I wish we could recapture some of that fearlessness that we have when right. we're first graders, right? I want to match my doll. I'm just going to start chopping. All of that. <laughs> right. I mean, I love it. And the fact that she thought everybody was in awe of her. I love I do, it. I do too. And, but to me, it says like, it's really, how do you feel good? And if you're not sure, well, then you look to your aspirational peers, the people that you want to fit in with and wear your version of that. Yes. Well, Angeline has gone by so fast. I'm going to have to wrap it up. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think our audience of super smart, highly conscientious, high performers, in other words, good-looking nerds that they need to know, that what do we need to know? Yes, I would say be cautious. There's a lot of advice out there, right? There's 20 million influencers on Instagram that are going to tell you what to wear and all of that. Just put that through the filter of where they're coming from because I think sometimes we get really confused. We're trying to find the answer to something. We get really confused because it's so noisy out there. You know what I mean? Like if she's doing a sponsored post for Adidas, Keep that in mind before you go out and buy those, before you go out and buy those yoga pants. Right. That yes. is so good. Yes. And if anybody wants to work with you or find out more about you, where do you want them to go? Absolutely. Well, I actually have a free gift for your listeners. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. So tell us. We'll include it in the show notes, but you can go on and tell us. Absolutely. It's AngelaStyleCoach.com forward slash Laura. And oh. it's funny because you had been talking about the fall favorites, but mm -hmm. it's the five must-haves for fall. Oh, yes. wow. That 
mind blowing, <laughs> mind blowing. That's Love what, it. So good, Andrew. You're so generous. This is the first time I truly lament that this is not a video podcast because people <laughs> would be so bedazzled by the, your, you look good and your, your background looks good and you look like you have the authority to tell other people how to help them better. boss them around so that, I'm just kidding. that's right no <laughs> we would never do that we just ask questions all right everybody so you can check in with angela stylecoach.com forward slash laura we're going to leave the information in the show notes and as always, you are welcome. I'm the bouncer. I only bring you the best. Angela is fantastic. And we will see you on the next episode.